Hi there. You're listening to another episode of Food Biz Whiz, the podcast. I'm your host, Allie Ball, and today I have one of my favorite fellow women in food with me, Sally Rogers of Parsnip. Sally and I are talking all about partnership marketing for your emerging food business, what it is, why you should do it, and how to get started. She has got a ton of wisdom for us today, and I cannot wait to dive in with you. But before we get to the interview, I wanted to remind you to come and join me and your fellow food entrepreneurs in the Food Biz Whiz Facebook group. This private group is where we continue the conversation around each episode, we dive deeper into the interviews, and we make powerful connections within our industry. We are just getting started in there, and we have a really incredible group emerging, so come join us. You can find the link to join in today's show notes, as well as on the podcast website at foodbizwiz.com. All right, now to the good stuff with Sally. Keep on listening. You're listening to Food Biz Whiz, the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Allie Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real-life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions. Let's get going. This episode is supported by Brand24, one of my favorite tools for social media. Brand24 gives you the ability to discover what people are saying online about your brand as it unfolds in real time. Brand24 gives you instant access to mentions about your brand all across the web, from social networks to influential publishers. Once you have that valuable information, you're better positioned to respond to and connect with your audience. I have access to a free version of Brand24 for my listeners, linked in my show notes or on my website at www.foodbizwiz.com slash brand 24. That's the number 24. Check it out and start connecting with your audience in a deeper way online. Hi, Sally. I'm so excited to have you here on the podcast. Welcome to Food Biz Whiz. Hi, Allie. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. So we've got a lot to cover today. So let's just get to it. Tell us, I mean, I know all about you, but my audience doesn't. So tell us who you are, what is up with Parsnip, and where do you come into play in the food industry? Sure. So um, gosh, where do I begin? I had a corporate career in finance and consulting for about a decade. Um, And during my time in the corporate world, I traveled a lot. I was always thinking about snacking and how to eat a little bit healthier when I was on the road. Um, And I was also reading a lot of articles and long form journalism and books. Gosh, Michael Pollan was like making the waves about eating better and the food system. And I finally three 
years ago got to the point where comes customer, and that really does play into marketing, which we're going to talk about today. But my consciousness was just so high around what I was putting into my body, where my food came from, who made the food, um, that I just couldn't sit by and let the food system unfold without me being a part of the change. So I started a snack company about three years ago. I was um, making single serve hummuses and veggies sold to San Francisco tech companies. Um, My sales were taking off. I thought, wow, this is really the change that I wanted to be a part of. But gosh, I was exhausted. Um, And I realized that my experience in the corporate world, while it might have gotten me to the point of quitting my job and starting a snack company, um, my skills and and the value that I could bring was um, more along the lines of creating something scalable um, that could impact many, many companies um, at one time. So started Parsnip about a year ago, really with a hypothesis that better for you brands, especially in the food and beverage space, want to work together. It's one of their greatest assets in the way that they can leverage each other to grow their audience, to increase sales, to build brand equity. Um, So um, decided that Parsnip was the way to do that and created really a network and a community of companies that want to work together, that want to save time to find one another. And we can dig in more on what Parsnip is all about. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for that intro. And I've truly enjoyed watching you grow within the food industry and seeing all of the the really valuable work that you're doing for brands nowadays. So let's let's start let's start from the beginning and talk about what is marketing? What is what what is it and why is it so important for brands and where does where does parsnip come into play in all of that yeah so i think about marketing as really telling your story to get people interested in what you're selling what you're offering what your product or service is so it's that process that storytelling to engage with your target market or with people in your community when you're just getting going um, to get them to buy it Um, So this happens through a variety of um, market research, analysis, um, talking to your customers at the very beginning. And then that translates into what you put on a package, what you put on your website. Um, I think about marketing as relating to all aspects of your business from the very beginning, the product, developing your product through how you distribute it, um, how it gets on the grocery store shelf, what your e-commerce strategy looks like. It's just that entire storyline um, to get your customer to buy what you've got. Um, there's there's so many types of marketing. Um, you can think about your blog as a form of marketing, social media, obviously, and we can dive into more of that in a minute. Um, print advertisements, gosh, even those billboards um, in your in your local like drive to the kitchen, um, that's all marketing. Um, and then your your packaging, obviously, another form of marketing. What you do in your trade show booth, another form of marketing. Um, so it's really it's telling that story to get people to buy. I love that. I I love the idea of marketing being boiled down to the way you communicate with your audience, right? It's it's that yeah. message that you're sending, how you how you've reached them. I love that. And so then where does where does parsnip come into this? Yeah. So one small piece, or you know, from my standpoint, it's a really big piece, but one one element of your marketing strategy could include working with partners. 
Um, and we think about partnership marketing when, when more than one company works together to promote their products together to a like-minded audience set. That's usually the best bang for your buck when it comes to working with a partner. Complementary products, like-minded audiences. Um, so partnership marketing opportunities exist across all avenues in your marketing strategy. So when I mentioned blog, that's an opportunity to work with a partner. When I mentioned a billboard, another opportunity to put something on a billboard. I I say that in jest because there aren't that many um, small food businesses that are putting their brand on a billboard these days. But (laughs) I digress. There's opportunities across many channels um, to work in partnership with another company. And so Parsnip is trying to make it easier for you to find your next partner. So we have over a thousand brands. Thank you so much to those that have already signed up. It's free to join as a brand. Um, And we're really building the community of better for you brands that want to work together. So it's quick to sign up. It gets you a profile on the site, and then you can search and discover based on the product types, the attributes, the company name, um, really anything you're looking for to work work with, uh, with in partnership with another company. So if you make sugar-free products, you're probably looking for other sugar-free products. If you're a female founder, you might be looking for other female founders. And so our tool is is there to make it really easy for you to find and discover your next partner. Oh, I love Parsnip so much. And I've had so many clients, you know, discover, discover new brands on there and create really powerful collaborations. So I'm, I'm so excited to be talking about Parsnip and, and talking about the, the power of partnership marketing. So yeah, go ahead, Sally. Yay. Uh, yeah, I know. Thank you so much, Allie, for your support. And like I said, the folks that have already joined that are listening in here, um, really appreciate your support. We're only just at the beginning. So um, I think what differentiates us in building Parsnip is that we do put the brand in the center of the community. So we're thinking about what is valuable to you to grow your audience and, and increase sales. And, and we're building the community around that. So for example, we're bringing influencers into the community. We're bringing events. That's a big part of what we're focused on right now is how many more events can we bring to you? Because those are all partners that will get you closer to a sale. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the kind of key differentiator here and, and the way that we're thinking about building a scalable business for you as a brand is that it's easy to search, but it's also direct partners that can influence the growth of your brand. We're not you know, limiting it just to granola meets yogurt. Certainly that's where we've started and that's where a lot of you have found success. Um, but we're thinking long-term, we want to democratize access to opportunities for you as a small emerging better for you brand by bringing you valuable partners across the entire life cycle of your business. I love that. And you know, as you mentioned, Parsnip is free for brands to join. So as much as as much as I'm raving about it too, I want to I want to clarify that um, it's we're not here just to do a sales pitch because it really is you know it's it's free to for brands to join. So I want to talk about I want to switch switch gears a little bit and talk about partnership marketing as a whole. How would a brand know they're ready to do that and and why might they consider adding partnership marketing into their big picture marketing strategy? Sure. So when you're just getting started, and gosh, I experienced this too, you're playing with logo and branding and what your packaging looks like. I mean, 
I, when I got started, I was dropping off sample snacks in little brown paper bags, right? With like a sticker on it. I know everyone's been there, done that. So that's probably not the best time for you to be thinking about um, working in partnership with another, just because it's going to be a distraction and it's really time consuming. You want to get your product, your recipe, your, your um, branding, your packaging, at least a step above a brown paper bag and a, and a sticker. <laughs> so once, once you do that though, you're, you're really like the time is, is ripe for you because um, any time that you can connect with another complimentary product or brand is an opportunity to tap into a new audience. And when you're young in your business, the more people that can try your product, the better. It helps you narrow who your target audience is. It helps you get the word out, build brand awareness. I mean, every single day when I was building the snack company, it was about veggies in mouths, seven days a week. A day without without <laughs> someone trying my product was a missed opportunity. So partnerships are just a great way to think about it. And when you're um, new in your business and you don't have a ton of capital, you really want to think about leveraging the resources you have. And that's community partners, that's spaces, that's event partners. Those are all resources that would love for you to table, sample, demo, do a digital activation, write for them on their blog. Those are all partnership opportunities. So you want to be able to leverage resources that are not just financial when you're, when you're young in your business. That's smart. And I, I love the disclaimer of needing to be at least to a certain point in your growth where you have something to offer when you, when you come to that partnership, right? That you're a little bit beyond those days of the, the brown paper bag and the sticker. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So we see, we see brands partner at all stages of their growth though, right? I'm, I'm sure on, on Parsnip itself, you have brands who are in the first year of business and, you know, maybe, a decade into their business. Why, why might someone choose to use partnership marketing at different stages of their growth? Yeah. So when you are introducing new product lines, doing a new brand relaunch, changing the price, um, maybe shifting who your audience, your target audience, your target market is, even getting a new PO in a new location outside, um, you know, where you're, you're cur- you currently have distribution, those are all opportunities to find new partners. So we joke about this dating analogy when it comes to partnership marketing. Um, and, you know, I've had questions like, well, how do people um, continue to engage with your site? And how do people continue to engage on Parsnip? And I joke because unlike a dating site, you don't marry off Parsnip. <laughs> you, you can keep coming back whether you, you know, developed a long-term partnership and don't get me wrong. I don't want you to keep dipping back in and, you know, continuously, um, or with like intense regularity, because I do want you to develop partnerships over the long haul with another company. I think that's really important. It shows loyalty to your, your customers and it allows you to evolve a relationship. But you can simultaneously come back and get another if you've launched a new product, you have a new geography you're interested in. There's just, as long as you're evolving your business, there's tons of times like inflection points where there's a subtle change where you can dip back in and get a new partner. And so that's why Parsnip is uh, valuable, whether you're in year one or in year 10. I love that. That's great. Okay. So you've sold me. I'm convinced (laughs) on the importance of partnerships, especially for these 
emerging brands who are really strapped for cash, right? Like partnerships seem to be such a great way to expand your audience and get in front of new potential consumers at a lower price point. But I want to talk about how do you get started with this, right? If, if I have, if we have listeners here, Sally, who are convinced that they're ready to do partnerships, what do the first steps look like? Yeah, I think it really comes back to knowing who you are as a brand and what you're all about. So start there. If you know what you stand for, know what's valuable to your brand, know um, what your founders care about, like write all those things down because that becomes your checklist of the values you want in a partner. If those values aren't there, then it's not going to be a good match. So for example, we've had some Parsnip members that um, don't use any added sugar in their products. And right off the bat, they just said, we are never going to work with another company that puts added sugar in their products. Now, that might not have been incredibly important to them, but as soon as we asked them what's important to them as a brand and they were able to articulate that, that becomes a non-negotiable. So we don't want to offer them partners that put added sugar in their products, and we don't want just to waste their time you know, seeking out other products, even though some of the other great values that they have and the things that they care about um, might be great alignment. So figure out what your non-negotiables are. Figure out what you care about as a founding team um, and what your products stand for, because that story needs to be consistent whether you work with a partner or whether you don't. So get that right. Spend some time on that. Um, and, and I know that it's probably sounds like a waste of time on a Saturday afternoon when you just need to be in the kitchen and you just need to be hustling, but honestly that, and, and Allie, I know you have hit this home, um, quite a bit with your clients. If you don't know what your company stands for, it's, you just can't move that marker closer to the end zone. It's really hard. I love that. And I'd like to challenge our listeners at the end of this episode to sit down, set a timer for, I don't know. What do you think, Sally? 10 minutes Mm -hmm. and do a brain dump of your non-negotiables. That seems like a, I don't know. To me, that seems like a fun exercise to do after listening to this. And one that you said, you know, as you said, will take you so far in, in building that base for partnerships and for, for marketing as a whole with your brand. Yep. Okay. So that's like, that's just ground zero on how you get started. Uh, Like from there, if you've got that figured out, check, know my non-negotiables, know what I care, care about doing with other partners in terms of what I value. Then you can start to think about who's your audience. Um, find companies that have the same audience. That's really important because that's going to be an easier sell to them. So if your audience includes yoga going females in urban areas, check out what's actually selling in those yoga studios. Those could be potential partners because their audience is the same as yours. So that's another place to look. Think about your audience. And then, as I mentioned earlier, um, think about your complementary products. So what's the demand moment? What's the use case for your product? Know what the customer is doing with your product before, during, and after consumption, because those are all possible partnership opportunities. So for example, if you are an on-the-go power bar and you know your target audience is moving fast, they commute to work, well, maybe they put that bar in a backpack, or maybe they're listening to a podcast while they're eating it, or maybe they always have their coffee in a on-the-go reusable travel mug. 
Those are all products, complementary products that you could potentially partner with. So know what your customer's doing with your product during, before, and after they consume it. And then those are all companies that you could partner with. So though that's all the before work that needs to go in to starting to reach out to the companies. And as we get closer um, towards the end of our podcast, I'll share some real clear, clear action items um, to take this kind of brain dump of information about how to identify your next partners, how to take that forward. Awesome, Sally. That that is great. I love those, I love those things to think about pre-marketing to make sure that you're set up for success. Let's take a quick little break and then we'll come right back and talk more about showing up as a good partner. I want to take a moment to thank Brand24 for supporting this podcast. Brand24 is a platform that I love. It compiles all of your brand mentions online from Instagram to LinkedIn to blog posts and publications. And it shows you exactly where people are talking about you and your products and what they're saying about them in real time. This is such valuable information for creating a community of fans and connecting with your audience. And not to mention following up on the inevitable bad review here and there. Grab my free version of Brand24 in today's show notes or on my website at foodbizwiz.com. And thank you for supporting the brands who I know and love who support this show. All right, Sally, we're back. So <laughs> let's talk about how to show up as a good partner. What, what could a brand do or quite frankly, what could they avoid in order to make, uh, to make them better positioned as a great brand to collaborate with? I love this question, especially because when I think about answering it, to me, there is just a laundry list of (laughs) what makes you a good partner and what makes you a not so good partner, which I know we're going to talk about too. So, you know, rapid fire, what makes you a good partner? You know, if the value prop and and the alignment is there, as I mentioned before the break, be creative, be communicative. It's like any relationship. So don't just let people wait for you for a very long time. Get back to them. Don't ghost them. Think long-term. Start from the beginning and think about where could this go if this one collaborative blog post or recipe development goes really well? What? It, what where could this go? Um, I also think don't be isolated in your thinking around number of Instagram followers or number of YouTube followers or subscribers or you know Facebook followers. Think more broadly than that so that you're more open to their ideas and being collaborative with them. Um, I think lastly, you always want to think about making the relationship equal or mutually beneficial is another way to think about that. So um, you know, put the equal sign in the middle of the two of you or the three of you make it, you know, if you're doing a group partnership and make sure everyone is bringing to the table something and also getting something in an equal way. Cause if, if that doesn't, that equation is off, it's likely not going to do well. Yeah. I like thinking about it like that. I also have heard you say in the past, Sally, about, when you as a brand initiate a partnership, you've got to be the one who sees it through to the end, right? Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like if, 
let's say I were an oat milk company Mm -hmm. and I'm reaching out to a local chain of coffee shops to do a, a seasonal menu item. What is my responsibility there? Yeah. So you, you own, um, the partnership at that point, because you're the one that's initiating it. You've done the creative brainstorm, you know, what it want, what you want it to look like. You're open to suggestions and you're opening to where they'd like to take it because that's part of the equal equation, but you are the lead. So what that means from the very beginning is you've got to be really communicative. You need to be very detailed in your, in your approach to what you need from them and what you're going to give to them. So if you think there's going to be some amount of digital activation in this, um, this partnership, you want to already have your Google Drive folder set up with the uh, brand assets that they might need from you and a place for them to put their brand assets. Um, if you know that um, you're going to be on a, like regular calls with them because there's a lot of moving parts, you already are ready to set those up and you've given them three suggestions of weekly t- of weekly times for them to meet with you. Um, if you know it's going to end after a certain point because it's seasonal, then you're already putting that wrap-up call on the calendar so that you can learn from the partnership and figure out if you're going to work together again. You are the lead on that. If um, it goes really well, you are writing that handwritten thank you note and sending it off to them. So I think it's just really important, like in any relationship, that expectations are set from the very beginning and that you consistently meet them. That's good business practice, but especially in partnership, that's really, really important because otherwise things that kind of fall apart. As we all know, our inboxes are crazy each day. (laughs) So, you know, if you're not sort of taking the, the, the reins from the very beginning, chances are it won't go well. And, and I'm saying that not to deter you, but to say from learning and observing from experience here, um, you want it to go well. So, you know, have your, I've even encouraged brands to have a templated approach. In fact, we have some of that collateral and parsnip, but, um, you know, have your template of like, here's the checklist I go through at the very beginning. Here's the checklist I go through at the end. Here are the, you know, my next steps in the middle. I set up a Google Drive. I have my assets. I get their assets. Um, we have weekly calls. Like, have your rhythm determined. And the first time will be rocky. Like, just, you know, full disclosure, let's be honest and real here. It's not going to be perfect. But um, as long as you're trying to put some method to the chaos of the day-to-day and working with another company, um, it's just going to continue to get better. And it's going to be incredibly rewarding. I love that idea of making it easy for the other brand to say yes. I mean, I think about partnership opportunities that come into my inbox all the time. And if I receive two on the same day and one of them is really well organized with a Calendly link to set up the (laughs) first call and that shared drive folder and everything's outlined you know, really clearly in that first email. And then the other one, you know, maybe an equally exciting opportunity, but it's just a, a note saying, Hey, Allie, want to partner on a giveaway? You know, I know which one I'm going to be more excited about. It's the one that makes it really easy for me to say yes. Yeah. And there are other, you know, if organization is not your strong suit and that might be a challenge to you, there are other ways that you can still make it a really exciting opportunity. So maybe you sketch what the, um, I don't know, um, what that digital activation might look like. Maybe you share some examples of other partnerships you've done. You put together a little two-pager portfolio and attach it. Um, Maybe you specifically call out why you think 
you guys are perfectly aligned. So there are ways that you can kind of take that creative energy and the work you've already done on what you care about, the complementary product alignment, and just spit, spit it back to them so that they can't say no, that they know that, you know, as a coffee company, this is the oat milk for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's a really great point that at the end of the day, both partners need to get something out of the collaboration, <laughs> right? Like as, as much as we love to support other food businesses, you know, we're all hustling our own businesses first and foremost. So thinking about driving that point home on, on why they would want to collaborate with you, how successful your collaborations have been in the past. I mean, all of that seems really like a, like a no brainer, Sally. That's great. Okay. I want to talk about one last question, knowing that you had your own packaged food business three years ago. Tell, tell our audience what do you wish you knew about marketing and brand collaborations when you had your own business? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I, I described a little bit about, um, you know, how, you know, difficult it was for me to um, get, you know, veggies in mouths every day. Like that, there's just, it, it is a, you know, you can do it four or five days a week and you think you're doing pretty well, but there's two more days in the week. Um, but I think as it relates to partnerships, um, you know, I think that I didn't understand the importance of leveraging resources really early in my business. Um, I was just frankly learning so much every day. I'd never started a company before. I definitely hadn't started a food company before. So my hours were filled with like learning and observing and tapping experts to help me in the kitchen. Um, and so I didn't, I didn't have time to make sure that the partnership work was equally important, if not more important. And the importance of how marketing and marketing and sales are like intimately linked. Mm -hmm. Um, because I was just, it was like, I was running a marathon, but I'd started, you know, 20 miles before the start line. And, and that, you know, ultimately that's a great lesson for me as a founder. Um, I think I needed, you know, that experience to get me to this point today, but I also, um, you know, I wanted that experience. I wanted that learning. I wanted to make a difference in the food system. I still continue to carry that kind of that charge with me. Um, but you know, I think, like if I was to speak to myself of three years ago today, I would say, you know, it's okay to not be learning and observing and digging in every single day. You've got to reserve some time to be in the community and find partners because you're going to be able to make even more progress that way. Oh, that's, that's a great (laughs) takeaway. That's such valuable information, Sally. All right. So let's recap those three steps to getting started uh, so we can really send our listeners off with some action items from this episode. Yeah. So make sure you start with your value. In fact, before you even get to your value, um, like Ali said, after this call, do your 10 minute brainstorm, but also put on your calendar right away when you're going to sit down to brainstorm number one, your values, what you care about as a brand, what your company stands for. Number two, your complementary products, what's happening before, during, and after the consumption of your product in, with your target audience. And then third, who that target audience actually is, um, where they're going every day, the psychographics and demographics of them. Um, and, then th- and then start to brainstorm. So you got your three things. 
start to brainstorm potential partners. I like to think about your dream partners. So maybe they're a little bit of a reach because that's going to be a great goal for you. And then your more realistic partners. So those are probably partners in your community. Those are partners that have also just started another company or started a company. Um, So they're just a bit more realistic. But again, if you've got values, complementary products, and audience, those are paths towards finding those companies and then have dream partners, realistic partners. And then you want to start to plot out how they might fit into your overall marketing strategy. Is it appropriate to ask them to do a blog post with you? Is it appropriate to do a recipe with them? What about a giveaway? What about an email promo? Um, Because as soon as you start plotting it into your overall marketing strategy for the next quarter or for the next half of the year, for the next year, then you just sort of take that off the shelf, write a really great cold email to them or use Parsnip, um, and you'll be able to get in touch with them with like even more gusto than had you not done that work up front to identify why they would be a great fit for you. Yes. Great. All right. So how can people stay in touch with you, Sally? Where can people find you? Yeah. So um, I... I'm always on Parsnip, it seems. Um, so uh, parsnip.me is the site. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Parsnip Daily. We try to show some of the ins and outs of running this crazy partnership um, tech platform. Uh, we're also on Twitter, Parsnip Tweets. Um, and follow us on Facebook, Partner with Parsnip. We like to use both Twitter and Facebook to be sharing amazing, crazy, cool, sometimes weird partnerships that are happening across the landscape in the U.S. Um, Just recently, Adidas and Arizona Tea did a shoe collaboration. So we'll be posting a little (laughs) bit about that. Um, But yeah, so we're active on some of the social channels. And then we've also got a great blog. We get really great feedback on that, um, which continues to expand on a lot of the things that I touched on today. So you can find what can I do besides a giveaway or um, what to do after a partnership wraps up or how to think about finding my next partner. So you can um, discover more um, de- more deeply what, than what I covered today on, on how to work in partnership with other companies. That sounds perfect, Sally. And I'll link all of those in our show notes. So if you're listening and you want to click through and find out more about Sally and Parsnip, you guys know where to go. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sally. You have, you've provided such amazing value to our listeners. And like I said, I I appreciate you and your work with Parsnip and all that you do for emerging food brands. Thank you for joining us. Yes. Thank you for having me, Allie. And um, right back at you. You, The the community knows how great a resource you are. And I'm so fortunate to be working in collaboration with you. Yes. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye. So that's it, Wizzes. I hope that you were inspired by my conversation with Sally today. I know I was, and I can't wait to continue the conversation with you and give you some awesome freebies in our private Facebook group. Come join us by following the group link in my show notes or visiting my website at foodbizwiz.com. I'll see you next week with another episode. To make sure that you keep up to date with each new weekly episode, please subscribe to this podcast. This is the single most important thing that you can do to support this podcast. And I thank you in advance for taking that step today. 
See you next week. Thank you for listening to Food Biz Whiz, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you never miss a beat. Hungry for more? Check out www.foodbizwiz.com. That's food, B-I-Z-W-I-Z.com for detailed show notes from all episodes. Thanks again for tuning in and stay busy.